Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 10th of May 2021 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 326 hope you're all healthy doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going a late recording today it's 1626 hours the sun is now out in South London disappointing weather-wise in terms of the morning. I've been looking at the weather reports all weekend to see what the morning would be like. It did say it would be brighter by around 1100 hours. That wasn't the case. More on that uh, later. You know, the weather is a, it's a critical thing for me right now, obviously, because I am going to the cafe. I have been there today. More on that as well later. And, you know, not being able to work indoors. I always check the weather now before going to the cafe and I'm having to work in the kind of conditions which one aren't good to work in and two which I've never worked in before so it's all a bit uh, new to me. Good to be talking again another weekend where I passed the 60 hour mark from Friday night to Monday morning without uh, speaking a single word. Some good news uh, the last few days. You'll have to forgive uh, Forgive me if the show jumps around a bit today. My notes are all over the place, but there is some positive news for me. Uh, what I haven't actually done is I haven't closed the blinds. If you heard last week's show or if you heard, I think, episode 325, the Patreon bonus last week, or even I think it might have been the mini-sode on Friday, I had a situation where I broke the blind in the front room on Monday night. I mean, the blinds are pretty old, but it means that unless I go up a, a small step ladder I've got that is now permanently open on the Star Wars football pitch, that's the only way I can close the blinds. And I just can't be bothered to, to go up that step ladder right now to close the blinds. So normally I'm I'm doing this with the blinds closed, just trying to soundproof the room as best I can. The good news is, though, that those noisy manhole covers, again, if you heard the um, the two episodes towards the end of last week, Thames Water turned up about an hour before I was going to do one of my football interviews last week. And uh, so there was short-term pain there. But long-term, there was suddenly the opportunity for those noisy manhole covers that have wrecked my show over the last three years. There was finally the opportunity that they were going to be fixed. And they have been. The work was completed yesterday. They'd originally said it would be a day. I thought, no way. No way, because I remember how long it took them to do the work in the first place. And then less than six months later, they were back to redo it. So... Yesterday, I realized that Thames Water had been and gone again on the Sunday. They'd removed all the cones because the bus stop had been closed. The uh, traffic had been diverted and the cones had gone. And I looked out the window and I realized that I couldn't hear the manhole covers anymore. And that is a massive thing for me. Sure, I'll still be able to hear the traffic. Sure, it's still far from perfect when it comes to audio work and just general peace and quiet. 
experts are finally have a situation where there is no noisy manhole audio, which you would hear hundreds of times a day, day in, day out for almost three years now. It's uh, it's a massive relief. And a week ago, I had no idea that this work was going to be going on. I'd, I'd reported the issue along with another neighbor on Fix My Street, something like that. I'd never done that before. And uh, had to be patient, but finally resolved. And that is, um, you know, it's it's brilliant news for me. A discombobulated morning, I think. As I say, thrown by the weather a bit, relying on the weather reports, was on the BBC all weekend, checking what the weather would be like if I went there this morning to the cafe. It became very important for me to go there this morning because I've got such a busy middle part of the week that I think I'm going to be stuck indoors. And now that I've been going out, now that I've at least been getting out to the cafe and realizing how much I just, I've just missed being out, being able to work from a different environment, realized that I wouldn't be able to go out again until Thursday when I get my second jab. And I just thought, well, the only day I can go out before that is today. The weather was supposed to be decent. And it wasn't. It is now. It's okay now. But I'd been out for a run in the morning and it it was fairly blustery out. And I got home about 09.45 hours and I was thinking, these gusts, are are they really going to disappear within an hour? When I'm at the cafe having to work outdoors, started to look questionable. Spoke also to the um, the space daddy finally uh, this morning. He hadn't had any idea because he'd kept it from me because you know because of all the 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 pressure with you know my aunt and uncle being uh, being unwell and he'd had his own problems and he, he said he didn't want to burden me with them but the space daddy after over four decades in sw8 is no longer part of sw8 i have never known sw8 without the space daddy and that's uh it's a momentous thing and uh, for reasons I won't go into, he's had to move. He's now in Brixton, which really uh, surprised me. And I, I said that to him, you know, I said to him, you're the first black guy that's probably moved to Brixton in the last 20 years because, you know, Brixton is gentrified. I think only Clapham is more gentrified than Brixton. And for a black guy to move into Brixton now, that is a big deal. And uh, he started laughing and he said, uh, no kidding. He said that when he'd uh, gone out, uh, I think to pick up some food on the day he was uh, moving everything in. And so he was just in some, you know, cheap clothes, you know, for the move, old clothes, tracksuit bottoms, Adidas uh, bottoms, I think, old trainers, old T-shirt. He said, I didn't realize I'd have to, you could only go out in a suit round here. It was just full of like hipsters, you know, pram joggers, bars. So it's a very different Brixton to what he was used to as a kid. He's not necessarily further away from me now. We're all, you know, we're, we're still fairly close to each other. But it is, uh, it's, a, it's a big deal to lose someone from my favorite postcode. And I'd walk through the estate, his estate last week, and I'd actually thought that, I thought his brother was staying on in SW8, but his brother's also moving, and they've left behind uh, the Space Daddy's budget Argos blinds, which must be the cheapest blinds in London, though I don't think they're the worst blinds. I think the worst blinds are the ones here, which uh, are really, really old, but um, 
to be moving in a, a pandemic as well, but at least he stayed with a council. I said to him, I'm glad you haven't gone down the private renting route because it really would kill your writing career. I mean, it strangled mine, you know, unless you're going to buy property. If you're a creative person and that creativity is important to you and you want to be able to maintain that as your main source of work, you can't uh, be going down the private renting route. You can't because it will it, it'll just kill your... Uh, career, career in inverted commas. It was a busy weekend for me, working way too hard, not good. Sunday was just full on, doing a lot of reading, prepping questions, and I uh, took a break in the middle of the day, and then I had to come back onto the PC in the evening, and it is, you know, it's hard going preparing these uh, football shows, it really is, particularly when I'm having to work from a book, I think those are the trickiest interviews because, you know, I am learning not to try and cover everything, but then you've got to really pick and choose what you're covering. And it's just, it is so demanding, but I'm, you know, full steam ahead on that show coming coming up now to, it's all under control, 20 interviews soon, but this month is really, really full on, two to three interviews a week. Got to edit a, a special, a cup final special that's out this weekend. I haven't even started that. Uh, I've also, you know, I'm also learning and grasping new stuff on the editing front. So the show should benefit from what I'm learning. Still can't afford to um, use Adobe auditions you know I'm just not raising enough money at the minute I've looked into again every time I run into um, trouble on the money front I look at my mum's old stamp collection it you know it was something that she collected but by the time I was four or five years old she'd stopped and she's got some really old stamps she left behind you know uh, what I thought was a very precious collection very old collection but every time I've gone on eBay in the last four or five years to try and gauge how much those stamps might be worth there's still too many of them about and ones for instance today i thought oh that looks a rare one and it was still only going for about three pounds fifty on ebay i'm also selling books on ebay and apart from the first day where i lucked in i think i sold three books not sold a single book since i'm not able to raise the money that i need to um, buy my uh, annual subscription for Adobe Audition to take my editing work and my football show onto the next level. I'm just uh, feeling my ribcage here. I can't work out whether the visibility of abs and ribs is down to being really healthy and fit these days or just not eating properly. I think I eat properly. I think I eat reasonably well. I eat a lot of fruit every day. I was listening to... um, I think it was, was it The Unexplained last night on talk radio, the show I listen to all the time, and they were talking about you shouldn't be drinking coffee after 1,000 hours, and I was thinking, you're kidding. You know, I'm still drinking coffee 12 hours later, albeit decaf. I am still, I bought some decaf uh, today in uh, Sainsbury's this morning. I'll I'll mention that when I do my nectar points uh, later. Let me just get closer to the mic here, but... Yeah, I'm still working with three different lots of coffee. Had a bit of caffeine this morning because I was going out for an early morning run and I I do struggle. I've noticed that when I go out for the early morning run and I I want to be one of those guys that goes out for the early morning run and it's out the way and it also feels like you're really, really disciplined. You know, you've got out and almost the first thing you've done is go out for a run. But I have noticed that when I've done it, I'm often half asleep. So I was trying to make sure that... um, 
I was, well, I was awake. So I had some, uh, I had some caffeine. I've also got the budget decaf and I've got the uh, normal decaf and I had to buy some more of that uh, today. So yeah, it was a, it was a busy weekend. I've got two football interviews tomorrow. I've got another one possibly on Wednesday, which will depend on the guy's availability. I've been trying to get this done now for about six months. That's by no means unusual with this show. I've got uh, I've got a, two or three more interviews that have just they just taken forever to get over the line. This guy's based in Florida, so there's a five hour time difference. So if the interview does go ahead on Wednesday, it's going to be in the evening, which you know I'm not too keen on. But uh, hey. It's uh, it's a big name and uh, it'll be good to get the guy on the football show, but I need to prep my questions for that. And, you know, the interviews are coming in thick and fast. It's daunting. I'm kind of frustrated with myself because I'm not resting. Uh, but, you know, I am solely responsible for this state of affairs, but it's just I've got the opportunity to get the football show to where I want to get it to. And if that doesn't work, finally, at least I'll know that I gave it a, a good try and I just couldn't make it a, a going concern financially. So the run this morning, uh, 6K, which if I'd had more time, I would have tried to go, I think, try and at least get to eight. I don't know if the Buffon's affecting the eight at the moment. It is a bit of a burden, you know, carrying this uh, carrying this weight on top of my skull. I think I probably wore too many tops today. Four. I think I would have benefited from three, down to the last um, bit of sun cream as well. The armband split. You know, armbands. They're just. They're not great. They're not great. No matter how much you spend, they're not great. It's not. I think there is. Um, there are belts, aren't there? Um, well, rather than armbands, there are belts in which you stick your phone and your keys. The issue is not that the phone doesn't go into the armband. The issue is caused by the keys, and um, it's a real problem. But it was a it was a decent run, six uh, k. So I'm averaging that at the minute. The fairground, thankfully, is gone. I, I walked back through the park this afternoon on my way from my aunt's. I walked from there. And uh, thankfully, the fairground was working, which means I can get back to my normal route. I do um, skirt the full perimeter of the park. I don't think it affects the distance too much when I have to deviate from the usual route because the fairground is there or, you know, some nonsense music, live music thing. But it means that I have to run on the concrete possibly or on a different uh, part of the park and I th- think that the the trail on that uh, perimeter that gets blocked off when the fairground comes it's fairly even and particularly when it's there's been light rain it's nice and soft and uh, I miss that that's normally where I pick up my pace but look uh, you know I'm pleased that at least I was out there this morning and uh, once I get this show out tonight, got to try and start work on the um, prepping the questions for this guy on Wednesday. If that interview goes ahead, I've prepped the questions, printed them for tomorrow's interviews. It really is now or never for the football show. It is a punishing schedule. I'm also trying to finish uh, a pitch for a, a publisher 
Uh, what else has been going on at the weekend? A freezing milk hasn't worked. I, I've left myself with some very, I mean, I've got tight deadlines when it comes to the football show, but uh, it's possible that the milk expiry deadlines I've been contended with are even tighter. And back in February, I think when I fell ill with a virus and I knew that I had to start bringing in long life milk, I had people on Twitter advising me and it was appreciated that you could freeze milk. I think I'd done it before, but it had always curdled and someone then said, well, defrosted in the fridge. I did that. It didn't work. I've got one bottle from last week. It was expiring on the 6th. I hadn't yet started it as we went into the evening of the 5th. I thought I'd better stick this in the freezer. What I might do is see if I can defrost it later in the week to see how it is when it's only been frozen for about a week. The problem with the uh, the milk that I defrosted last week that had curdled when I defrosted it, perhaps it was because I'd had it for a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know enough about these uh, these things. I don't know about freezing milk. If anybody does do, please email me. DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. There will be no other podcast making at such a request from listeners. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 326, sweating the small stuff every Monday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available, you can find all my work at danielruiztyson.com. There are PayPal and coffee.com links on there should you wish to make a one-off donation to the show, which will mean that uh, the latest Patreon bonus show is we transferred to you. Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT. Available, I appreciate the ongoing support from patrons. As I think I touched on at the start of the show, there was a mini-sode on Friday, which is uh, unlocked for all at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. And the day before that on Thursday, saw a Patreon-exclusive episode three to five just had to delay the restart of the show after that sting owing to another uh, police siren racing by been dropping my glove a lot recently I've been over the last few months well over the last year advised by the space daddy once the pandemic kicked in he was uh, he wasn't shopping without gloves on you know handling the baskets with his gloves handling uh, bus rails in his gloves I thought yes yeah, good idea I need to do this so I've been using a, a range of gloves for that the default gloves have been these uh, leather gloves which I ruined by uh, sticking them in the washing machine and now they're, they're just so ruined they've become the default gloves for the pandemic and it's usually the left glove that's going in the left side back pocket. But I've been dropping it a fair bit lately because it's a fairly bulky glove. I'm walking, the motion of walking, the uh, the the uh, rump cheek, the left rump cheek, um, you know, the movement of that, I suppose, leads to the glove slipping out. And I've dropped it a couple of times. So, I'm using, you know, I've been using the gloves, you know, for bus rails, touching gates, touching bins, shopping baskets, oyster cards. When I've paid for the oyster card at the shop across the road and like small talk hands me the receipt, I take the receipt with the glove, which I think has damaged our rapport, to be fair. We don't really speak like we used to. And um, 
So the glove has been a, a vital component for me over the last year. But I've dropped the glove a couple of times. I think I mentioned that last week. I certainly mentioned the last drop towards the end of uh, last week. I, th- I might have mentioned, yeah, I, I dropped it in the street. You might know that already, regular listeners. I dropped it in the street and I had to make sure when I picked it up that I hadn't dropped it on anything untoward, the kind of thing that you would expect to see on the average Lambeth paving stone. I'll leave the rest to your imagination, which I didn't do last week. I went into specifics. And then I think it was Thursday, I dropped it in the Nine Elms Monster and some girl who was on the phone shouting at someone switched to a really nice voice and said, excuse me, your glove. And I thanked her for it and retrieved the glove and you know I, I I come back in I antibacterial wipe the gloves in the case of that glove that I dropped in the street as I said um, last week I sprayed it with some uh, some bleach as well and I was I, I, I'd arrived at the conclusion that maybe some you know maybe subconsciously I'm doing this sticking the glove in the back pocket, knowing it's going to fall out because I know that it leads to contact with people and I've been missing that contact with people. And today I was doing that again. And I now, because I've got in the habit of dropping it, it's happened a few times. Remember back at Christmas, I think before Christmas, I had to go looking for it in the park when one of the gloves fell out of my back pocket Today, I think this was when I went into Sainsbury's local after speaking to the Space Daddy, I again had the glove. I think I've dropped it in the Sainsbury's local. I'm not going to go back for it simply because, you know, it's a battered glove. They're going to say, well, look, how hard up is this guy that he comes back for this glove? This is embarrassing, this glove. What is this guy? Is he some independent podcaster or what? So I just have to accept it's gone. I'm disappointed that if I have lost it, and it does look like I have lost it, that it's the left one because you know the left you know you know where I stand with the left-sided business it's intriguing and I was always using the left glove for the basket handling the bus rail handling everything and now I've been left with a right glove and people are going to see me maybe using the right glove they're going to be saying oh look at that another right hander so that's uh, disappointing but I do have some backup gloves which are even worse and they're now in my bag ready to step in they're a lot thinner than the leather gloves it will be cold in winter when I'm using those but uh, you know winter's still a while away and certainly for now they will bridge the gap before the colder weather comes in so they're going to have to step in I don't know what I'm going to do with the uh, right leather glove and obviously the smaller gloves or the thinner gloves that are stepping in now they're gonna be a, a better fit for the back pocket so all this uh contact with strangers calling out behind me to tell me I've dropped my glove that unfortunately is going to be a uh, thing of the past let me um, tell you about what I'm reading this week I'm reading a brilliant book I can't give you the name and you'll understand why because it's a sequel to Bram Stoker's horror novel the uh, the name of that character you'll know I cannot speak but it's The name of the book is that character's name and the second word is child and it's by J.S. Barnes. I'm just going to check that for you. I'm pretty sure it's J.S. Barnes and the confusion at my end is because early on in his career he used a different name. He he was using his full name, his first name rather. Um, Yeah, it's J.S. Barnes. 
It is a brilliant book. It's by Titan. They're very good when it comes to rebooting classics or, you know, coming up with sequels to classics like they've done for The Hand of the Baskervilles with some of the Sherlock Holmes stories. It's a red and black cover, you know, that combination that I hate, very vampire-like combination of colours. But it's an outstanding book. It's written in the form of a of epistles faithful to the original in that respect an epistolary novel it's um, the story is brought to you via letters uh, newspaper articles telegrams diary entries i think there are monographs in there as well it's very very clever there's one part of the story i don't particularly like one of the plot lines you know concerning some sort of uprising in london of uh, of the uh, the undead i'm not really into that kind of thing thing which might seem strange then that I'd be reading a vampire novel but it's just I think that there was enough in the book to not have that particular plot line but it is it's an outstanding book one of those books that I'm dreading finishing it uh, you know because I'm just you know I'm plowing through it every night 100 pages here 100 pages there 50 pages there Uh, Let me give you the outline for it. Evil never truly dies and some legends live forever in blah, blah, blah. Child, the dark heart of Bram Stoker's classic is reborn, capturing the voice, the tone, the style and characters of the original yet with a modern sensibility. This novel is perfect for fans of Bram Stoker's character and contemporary horror. And uh, here's the outline, the actual outline for, uh, for the book. It has been some years since Jonathan and Mina Harker survived their ordeal in Transylvania and vanquished the Count and then returned to England to try and live ordinary lives. But shadows linger long in this world of blood feud and superstition and the older their son Quincy gets, the deeper the shadows that lengthen at the heart of the Harker's marriage. Jonathan has turned back to drink. Mina finds herself isolated inside the confines of her own family. Quincy himself struggles to live up to a family of such high renown. And when a gathering of old friends leads to unexpected tragedy, the very particular wounds in the heart of the Harker's marriage are about to be exposed. There is darkness both within the marriage and without. The new evil is arising on the continent. A naturalist is bringing a new species of bat back to London. Two English gentlemen on their separate tours of the continent find a strange quixotic love for each other and stumble into a calamity far worse than either has imagined and the vestiges of something forgotten long ago is finally beginning to stir really enjoying it brilliant brilliant book loving it been um probably the best book i've read i think this year since the turn of christmas uh, and i've read some good stuff but this is uh this is just uh outstanding i think i mentioned this on the either either the unlocked episode or episode 325 uh, the patreon exclusive um i try now to sit at the front of the bus if it's possible although the downside of that of course is that you're better off getting a window seat where the windows can actually open you know and the bus is being ventilated but uh, owing to being short-sighted Actually, I've just realized, you know, I'm just drawing a G in red on my left hand. Again, the left hand uh, to create some intrigue. Actually, no, if I wanted to collect, uh, convey even, if I wanted to convey intrigue, I'd write left-handed on the right hand so people would see the scroll on the right hand and assume I was left-handed. So uh, big mistake there. Schoolboy error. Should have known better. But... Um, yeah, I've just scribbled a G because I've forgotten to take my reading glasses out of the bag. So I'll, I'll do that after I um, 
finish recording this show. Where was I? Yes. So the idea behind sitting at the front of the bus is you get more leg room there and I can hold the book further away from me because I'm so long sighted now. The eyesight, Dave. And uh, let's move on to uh, breakfast news. Uh, 58 appearances in 72 days for Toast. Now Friday and Saturday saw Crackers put together two consecutive weekday appearances, which is a rarity. They have put together consecutive appearances in their meagre run over the last three months, but it's tended to be at the weekends. Uh, Toast shot back yesterday and this morning made it two consecutive appearances, and also actually at my aunt's this afternoon because I dropped in there off, uh, just before lunchtime, in fact, you know, because I'm going to the cafe and going there late in the morning. Um, everything's... I'm rearranging everything at the minute and I can't get to my aunt's before the cafe. And also part of this is bladder mastery. You can probably use the loos in the cafe, but I don't want to use the loos in the cafe. So it means that I have to think a bit more carefully about my arrival, how long I'm going to spend there, how long as a middle-aged man I can hold my bladder. Do I go to my aunt's first as a stop-off or do I go to the Nine Elms Monster and go there? after doing a bit of shopping and then go to the cafe and I'm doing the latter at the moment. So I dropped in on um, my aunt and my uncle uh, this lunchtime. They played out a series of ill-tempered domino matches, which I was privileged to watch. They were sledging each other. It was fiercely competitive. My uncle took the lead. My aunt equalized. Then again, my uncle took the third game battered my aunt in that third game. My aunt came back, though, and I left them pegged at 2-2. Love to have filmed it. Really, I think, um, well, we don't have much of a close season now, but, uh, you know, back in the day when football would end in May and you'd have a summer of cricket and other sports would get a chance to shine, I think a Domino's match streamed live between my aunt and uncle. I think there'd be an audience for it. We could get subtitles as well to translate the sledging, which is pretty hardcore. I mean, we're talking serious back and forth sledging to people that really wanted to win. And then the ill feeling, uh, the ill feeling spilled over into, um, I don't know how we got there. They started blaming one another for my aunt not giving my uncle a daughter. He always wanted a girl. We all knew that from um, when we were kids. And uh, today my aunt blamed his sperm. He wasn't having it. He was blaming her. He started, I don't know where he was going with what his theory was, but uh, I just finished my toast and got out sharpish. Let me give you my nectar points and then I need to try and find uh, the Star Wars football results, which I haven't uh, placed in front of me here. Still buying those uh, Hall's sugar-free, uh, sugar-free lozenges because they're great for clearing out and unblocking my nose. Um, okay, actually, there were three receipts. I've only picked up one. Let me give you. Um, let me get these in date. There we go. On cue, the sound of South London. Might as well just leave it in. Nothing I can do about that. At least the uh, manhole covers have been sorted. Okay. Um, 4th of May. Last week was the 3rd. Okay, so this is last Tuesday. I bought some um, chili beans and some fairy liquid, proper fairy liquid. 
That came to 165. My points balance going into that purchase was 279. Picked up a point. New points balance of 280 worth £1.40. So just accruing minimal numbers this week. Uh, so Hall's sugar-free lozenges uh, this morning at the Nine Elms Monster, 60p. Had to buy some decaf coffee, £5. Not able to find a £4 offer at the minute on that. Um, bought some antibacterial wipes as well. Everything came to £6.50. Previous points balance, 285 points earned. Six new points balance of 291 worth £1.45. So there's obviously a missing receipt there because on the first one I was on 279, picked up one point, and then suddenly with this one my previous points balance is 285. So I've missed one. I don't know where that is. Well, it's probably in my wallet, but if I go into my wallet now, I'll have to wash my hands again. And this afternoon I picked up some milk after finishing um, my call with the Space Daddy. Picked up some milk from a Sainsbury's local, £1.15, 5p more than... You'd pay for a, a four-pinter in a, a normal supermarket-sized uh, store, and uh, that earned me another nectar point. So my new points balance at the moment is uh, 292. In terms of uh, other news, supermarket-wise, blueberries were down to 89p in Little last Friday. You don't need me to tell you that, of course, I took up that offer let me just pause this so i can find my star wars football fixtures okay let me give you uh, the one star wars football result i need to bring you it's a vital one before we uh, round things up with a couple of visits to the cafe i gave you some of the um well there was only a couple of star wars football matches last week which um patron listeners uh, will have got in episode 325 on Saturday evening, Tatooine, the reigning champions, the reigning treble holders, already in the Champions League final to defend that title, already in the FA Cup final, the first team in the Silver Age to reach two consecutive finals. And no team could have mounted a better effort at defending their three titles. Uh, they had to go to Alderaan. They needed to win. Hoth, remember, top by a point. This is the penultimate round of fixtures. Tatooine, Alderaan have been their bogey team this season. I think six meetings since the Charity Shield. Tatooine haven't won any. I'm not even sure they've scored a goal against Alderaan this season. And uh, they were also knocked out of the Christmas Cup in the quarterfinals by Alderaan bringing to an end their defence of the title that they won the prestigious Christmas Cup in 2019. They went out in the first round this Christmas, just gone. A competitive game in the uh, first half, Alderaan playing a high press, trying to be more mobile. Let's not forget that Alderaan were the favourites for the title way back in September when this COVID-ravaged uh, Silver Age Season 5 started. But Tatoon gradually found their groove. Two goals from Jedi Luke either side of the break. The second one was magnificent. A long, low pass by Solo. A raking pass that split the Alderaan defence. Jedi Luke uh, snuck in between uh, Alderaan skipper Hammerhead and midfielder 8-8 the and pulled in a beautiful finish past Hoth Solo in the Alderaan goal. One of those... Goals where the ball just nestles in the back of the net, hit with enough spin that the ball was still moving in the back of the net. It was an iconic moment. Tatooine now go top 
uh, game more than uh, half who play tonight. Just going to bring you the table at the minute. Let me try and work it out. Hoth, I think, travel to Besbin tonight, which won't be easy. Besbin, who beat Hoth in the league 1-0 uh, just after Christmas, I think. They can still qualify for the Champions League. There are five teams that can qualify for the Champions League. Besbin are currently in the Europa League spot. Um, Hoth, they're on 21 points. Tatooine are now on 23. They've got uh, plus four as a goal difference. Hoth have plus 12 though, and a game in hand on Besbin, and they pl- uh, a game on uh, a game even in hand on Tatooine, which they play tonight. They need to win to go top. Tatooine, I think they're away in their final game as well against X-wing. Very unfriendly fixtures. Um, Empire have slipped back to third. They'd beaten Death Star, beaten, well, my South London. They'd beaten Death Star last week. Fortunate win, but they'd beaten Death Star and uh, the voice is breaking there and briefly gone into second place. They're now back down to third on 20 points and X-Wing are fourth on 20 points as well. Besbin are on 15 points and uh, they really do need the win tonight. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a, a battle for the Europa League slot between them and uh, Neighbours Death Star. Okay, let's wrap up this episode being distracted by uh, my um, Twitter stalker at the minute who's uh, been busy. I wish he'd been this enthusiastic when we were working together all those years ago. He's one of those guys that once he's out of something, he can't stop banging on the door to get back in. And you think, well, what do you want? You were here and then you went and now you want to come back in. You know, you've missed the boat a couple of times. Just let me have my time in the sun. So a couple of trips to the cafe. I've now been back six times. I was there on Friday. I think that was covered in the Unlocked episode. So I don't want to forgive me if there's an overlap there. But um, I'd spoken to Seb K last week, the long-standing waiter there. And I, I mentioned in that Unlocked episode that I'd suddenly had this urge to give him my uh, real name. Not sure that would have had any impact on him whatsoever, but uh, for me it would have been important, but that moment for now has been missed. But we got chatting last week, when we were chatting rather, he did say to me for the lockdown, sorry, for you he said the lockdown made no difference. So even from seeing me all those years in the cafe, just seeing me sit at that table, he was able to uh, arrive at that uh, conclusion. Can't say it was harsh. In terms of trying to see which um, regulars have survived of the the elderly regulars. Uh, pleased to report that old Twitter, who uh, regularly give out uh, the latest, or well, latest to them news headlines via the old form of printed newspapers, they have survived, no doubt, double jabbed. I saw them again today in the cafe. That was good. A bit worried that there's been no sign of future me. I got there today at the cafe. Uh, I got to the cafe at 11.30 hours. Probably need to be a bit earlier to see future me. I think future me would have, I think he would have struggled because he was a widower. He had one more year of going to the Emirates to see his beloved Arsenal He's been a season ticket holder, I think, for about 50 years, but he felt that he was getting too old. But as a result of going to Arsenal for the last 50 years, first of all, Highbury, and then the last 15 years or whatever it is, uh, to the Emirates, he's made lots of Arsenal friends 
through through that and you know they look after him because of his age but I think also I used to see him a lot when I used to drink I used to see him a lot in a a pub in Victoria and he was still going there during my teetotal years so he was someone who wasn't very good at staying indoors which is understandable he was on his own and he kept himself busy he had a social life to envy and I think to have to shield for the last year would have been really difficult for him. I was invited, I think, to, it might have, I can't remember how old he is now. I've, I've really lost a lot of the information I had pre-pandemic. It might have been his 80th last year. I, I can't be sure. It was his birthday anyway, last May, and I'd been invited by another cafe regular to to go with him and future me for a drink. And it just wasn't safe, really. But they'd had special permission from the pub that particular pub, I think the lockdown had eased. This was just after lockdown one, but I just felt it was a bit too dangerous and it was the first time I'd been asked by anyone to to head out. But So he was definitely around a year ago, but uh, not so sure now. If they say, look, he is alive, would you come out this year for a birthday drink? Then I will. Yeah, I, I will. That would be nice, but I probably need to go a bit earlier to establish whether he's still around of course i hope that he is had to wash the jacket after it fell off the chair last week i told uh, you guys about that so the jacket was washed and it was on today could have done with an extra layer on of the other regulars well this guy wasn't so much a regular he's someone that would sit outside the cafe without buying anything and chat to the regulars another portuguese guy anthony kiedis type hairstyle long hair from the first or 10 15 years of the chili Red Hot Chili Peppers days, you know, very lank. I always found Anthony Kiedis's hair really odd, very dated, very unstyled, very 70s. And even now, it's slightly, it's got a slightly spockish feel to it now, though I do like his uh, his tash and the zapper tuft that he has and in recent years. And of course, the hair is no doubt dyed because it is just like jet black. And this guy's hair used to be jet black. I'm assuming he hasn't been able to get to the, the hairdressers to dye it. It's all grayed out now. Or maybe it's just the stress of the pandemic. I think it's taken a toll on each and every one of us. Another regular was there on Friday, one of three brothers, all unemployed. He survived, obviously. He has returned to the cafe sporting curtains. I'm not knocking it. I do think it's one of the great hairstyles but obviously uh, very specific to the mid-90s, probably doesn't work in any other era. I do think that, I've said this many times, I think it's brilliant when someone returns somewhere after a long absence looking different. It denotes a significant change in their life. This guy obviously been a while since he's cut his hair, probably not risking it now, and now he's got longer hair for the first time in his time in the cafe, and he's probably thinking, you know, I might see how far I can go with this. I've not got any grey hair yet. I could pull this off. And it was working. You know, it was working. Let's not forget uh, the average European tends to be less, certainly hair-wise, less fashionable than the Brits. In terms of fashion, you know, obviously the Italians and the French, you probably can't rival them. But when it comes to hair, they can lag a bit behind, certainly in men's hair. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I wish that I'd been able to return the cafe with different hair. But, you know, I disappeared with a bouffant in March 2020 and I returned with a bouffant in April 2021. That is disappointing. This guy, the Mr. Curtains, his younger brother, his youngest brother, I think, is the youngest guy. 
He was a waiter there when I first turned up 20 years ago. You've heard me talk about him before. And uh, I used to have uh, annoyingly flamboyant hairstyles in those days, uh, you know, probably uh, spiked and colored, uh, a little tuft in the middle of the hair. I remember that. And he would always touch it. It became like a ritual. Uh, if you're a, a football fan, you might remember France 98, uh, Laurent Blanc, the uh, French centre-half. Let me I was pleased with the way I pronounced that. Let me say it again. Laurent Blanc, the French centre-half, he'd go through this pre-match ritual of kissing Fabien Barthez's uh, bald pate before a game, and it became an iconic moment in uh, France's run to their first World Cup triumph that summer and this guy I think this was a bit of a ritual for him every time before he brought along my uh, tall glass and you know the pastries I would demolish 20 years ago um, you know in which I would uh, obviously pile on a few pounds with those pastries he'd always touch the hair the late owner's son he arrived late this morning with his tan suede jacket he's actually appearing on local posters pinned around stockwell uh high up on lampposts telling people to shop local i saw him on a couple of those posters i thought blimey looks uh very impressive and uh he's holding something in his hand that says the cafe's name. I hadn't realized the cafe had been there since 94. I was speaking about this with my uncle today. And I just thought it, I thought it had opened as a cafe originally. I suspected that. So I was right about that. But I thought it was mid 90s. I pegged its launch a couple of years later. But I suspect I'd been passing it for years before I went in. I knew I'd been passing it for several years, but I had assumed it was from the mid to late 90s. But clearly it was around from 94. You know, I was always going through South Lambeth, either to the Space Daddies or to work in central London. And I saw all that place for years and became more and more curious about it before I eventually went in. But in my recollection i i i pushed back the first time i I had seen it i pushed it back to the uh, probably the latter part of the mid 90s but uh, went on their website today and uh, that cleared it up today i turn up at 11 30 hours it was clear to me it was very windy that i was going to struggle to work it was also raining when i arrived there phil collins greeted me and she tried to put me next to some uh, smokers and I try to make it clear I didn't want to be near the smoke. I didn't care if the two women smoking, chain smoking, because they didn't stop when I was there. I didn't care if they heard me. I wanted to smoke. Uh, I didn't want to smoke. I wanted to be at the other end. And that's the one thing the cafe hasn't done with everybody outside. They really should try and divide, create a, a divide. I know it won't be easy, but create a divide where smokers go at one end and non-smokers at the other end. I said, look, can I sit at the other end? I don't smoke. I want to be away from the smoke. Clearly, she didn't understand me. She allowed me to sit at the other end. but And, and then she said, lat? And I said, yes. But just before she bought me my latte, she brought over an ashtray. And I should have just let her leave the ashtray there. But I didn't want to think. In, it was important to me that she didn't think that I was a smoker now. But she obviously hadn't understood me. She brought over an ashtray. And I was thinking, you know, look, we've we've... You've been seeing me here for 20 years. Do you think I'm going to start smoking in a pandemic? When have you seen me smoke? Today, there were a couple of guys restyling the the signage above the uh, the cafe. There was two guys 
one grey bearded, looked younger than the other guy with the dark beard. The other guy's beard was suspiciously dark, looked a bit like a Ming the Merciless in either of the Flash Gordon remakes where uh, the, the beards always looked uh, suspiciously dark. And as they were working on this signage, a cantankerous regular, something of an alpha male, I've seen him be too much of an alpha male many a time over the last uh, couple of decades, he turned up wearing red trousers, which was very uh, Chelsea. He started criticising part of the signage. He had a point because it hadn't been spaced out properly. The They basically, I think one part of the signage on the left is for the restaurant and the other bit is proclaiming it, you know, bar and cafe. And the final bit of the signage, it was just too narrow. They had a lot of space to play with and they'd, centered the signage and it was so small they they spectacularly centered it so it was just a glaring gap on either side and this guy turned up criticizing it. it got pretty heated i think they knew each other but he's obviously a guy that is used to getting his own way these guys i think they printed this signage they weren't going to change it and onlookers started gathering, not so much for the argument, it's just generally this is a community where often the males are unemployed in SW8, the uh, the Portuguese guys, a lot of them tend to be unemployed, they've got nothing better to do. I remember that when the late owner's husband, you know, every time he was trying to fix, for example, either the TV mounted to the left of my toilet table, mounted high up on the uh, wall there, whenever he was either fixing that or fixing the busted door handle on the main entrance. He'd just have a crowd of about four or five guys observing him and and chatting to him like what he was doing was rocket science, like they'd never seen it before, like they couldn't face going home without knowing what the outcome was going to be, even though he was pretty much fixing the door handle every week. Clearly, whatever he was doing wasn't working. It reminded me a, a bit of that, 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 Bunch of onlookers, just nothing better to do. Very difficult conditions outside the cafe today. I told you that uh, the weather, uh, the BBC weather, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, really, that we still can't quite get the weather right. It was supposed to be sunny from about 1,100 hours this morning. I turned up at 11.30, still gusts, rain when I arrived. For the first time, I was having a coffee with the rain coming down briefly wasn't under the awnings the awnings weren't out because they were fixing the signage replacing the signage it was cold as well the cafe is on an exposed stretch of sw8 the sun was coming in and out it is difficult it's not something i enjoy i i I like the fact that i'm there but i'm not really able to work properly i might just be better off trying to read when I'm there at the moment and I might just have to think okay this when I go to the cafe at the moment it's not going to be to work it's just going to be to read because until the better weather comes or until I start going indoors and my aunt had said to me today well at least you'll be able to go inside the cafe from the 17th and ask them to you know you can maybe get them to reserve your table I said to her do you think I'm going to sit next to the toilet you know when we're you know we're we're in a pandemic still technically this we're still in a pandemic I can't you know, the world has changed. I can't, I might be able to sit indoors at some point, but I'm certainly not going to sit at that table. And if I sit at the back by the um, retractable doors, you know, they're going to be ventilating the cafe. So I'm going to be getting all the smoke coming in through the windows. So I think I may as well just stay outdoors for now. And hopefully the weather will become a bit more summery 
soon. Um, usual service resumed in terms of tall glass delivery. Seb K forgot my uh, latte, my second latte this afternoon. I had to get it from Phil Collins. I ordered, I was sat at the far end again. I ordered from a distance. I I caught Phil Collins's attention. All I needed to do, you know, was give her the tall glass pointing gesture. But instead, I, also, I, I gave her the gesture, the finger pointing gesture, pointing the finger at the tall glass. But I also spoke my order, even though there was no one near me in, you know, even though she was well away from me, she couldn't hear me. Mouth in the order was pointless. Look, I'm rusty. It's been a a 13 month exile. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm outdoors. I'm not an outdoors guy. This is all, you know, I'm just out of my comfort zone here at the moment. Other notable sightings, to well just a sighting really to to give you from the cafe before i round things off today 11 32 hours i was just taking my uh, outdoor seat in the cafe as a young guy walked past eating a full-size uh, pizza from a box that he'd bought from the fast food joint a few uh, doors away you know, not even midday and he's having a full pizza and i turned up to work as i say to work on this pitch that i'm trying to put together and I'd again forgotten something forgotten something that I'd remembered last week that I was working on on Friday in the cafe well outside the cafe in unfriendly weather conditions and today I'd forgotten it really frustrating just so so forgetful but uh, otherwise productive day keeping on keeping on it's all you can do right now and uh, long week ahead just got to try and make sure I keep getting out Keep getting out, keep my head clear, and hey, you know, still around, still around, survive that, uh, survive that first bout of the virus. Hopefully, that uh, second jab later in the week will ensure I'm protected until uh, such time that a booster becomes available. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. Petering out there slightly. If you have enjoyed the show, and if you have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the only chance for indie shows like this, small indie shows, to grow. Those reviews give us a visibility that we lack in the Apple Podcast Store. It is vital. Do please try and appreciate that work, not just for this show. If there are other small indie shows that you enjoy and you've never reviewed them and you're able to, and you, you know, you might have an Apple Podcast account. You know, it's going to take you five minutes. Give those shows a review. And now it is time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 